Welcome to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right, I have Peter Harvey, CEO of Intelli Global, on the fo- on the show with us today. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. All right, Peter, you have got a great career. Thank you for your service. Um, but let me get into that a little bit. Now, you've got a unique combination of leadership roles in Fortune 500 companies as an entrepreneur and also in startup companies. Embellish that some for our audience, and then let's drive into what IntelliGlobal does, and I have a whole list of questions after that. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so embellishing on that, uh, you know, I, I took my – my first half of my career was on the Fortune 50 side. And the goal there was to learn as much as I could um, and to better equip me for making decisions later on. And X years later, literally we were standing in a parking lot during a fire drill, myself and two other guys, and we said, okay, are we ready? Are we going to go? And we jumped and we started. And then that, that's when I started my first company. Okay. So I feel like I'm fortunate to have gained all those skills and disciplines in the Fortune 50 world to apply now to my own businesses. That's why you have such success, not to mention your military training. Now, you have got an amazing company. I've been through what I could from the website. You do stuff that really makes the world turn now. Give our audience a, a flavor of what IntelliGlobal brings to the table and the different silos and market sectors that you work within. Okay. So overall, uh, what we do is enable companies to uh, create more unique and more uh, quantifiable strategies. And then we carry that through the execution. And in doing the execution, our goal for our clients is to lower their cost per acquisition or lower their marketing budget and acquire and retain more customers. We've called it uh, smaller haystacks, more needles. It seems to resonate. But you use artificial intelligence in your process of data analysis in a variety of spectrums. Let's let's open that up so that the the audience gets a full flavor of what IntelliGlobal actually really does. Reducing costs is a big part, but where you work is also a very important part. Okay. So, you know, this this area of AI has been around, uh, as you've probably read, for, for decades. Uh, We were using it at Chase in the 90s. Uh, We never got a lot of lift out of it. Uh, Lift, I mean, in terms of uh, campaign performance. But what's changed is the dramatic amount of new data and disparate data sources out there. By numbers, I mean, back then we were dealing with millions, hundreds of millions of records. Take the credit bureau data, for example, 200 some odd million individuals on that database and hundreds and hundreds of data elements on each of those individuals. And then times that by over time. And you're in the hundreds to to billions of pieces of information. Fast forward that to today. 
today you're working with trillions of bits of information from all disparate sources. They could be demographic, they could be images, they could be unstructured text, they could be voice, they could be video. Um, so you've got a, just a tremendous, a, a tsunami amount of data out yet every day. The, the machine side of it now is the machines can handle it. It's no longer a processing or storage issue. So uh, it's a, it, the AI piece comes in when it has the ability to sift through that unstructured information and identify, for example, patterns where these patterns might suggest or identify a potential outcome. So what you're doing is your predictability and your accuracy of your predictions scales enormously. So now you're able to have your arms around all that data. You're able to make predictions far more exact than you could before. And you can do that in next to real time. All right. Now, thank you for that explanation of what you do. The consumer concerns about privacy are becoming less uh, than private advocates are telling us about. I, w I wanted you to bring that out and then uh, get into the why you feel we're at the earliest stages of the digital age. Okay. The uh, it's a privacy issue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's certainly 100% valid that consumers need to protect their privacy because you've got a lot of pirates out there. Uh, you've got uh, a significant amount now of, of people stealing data. I mean, we hear it all the time, you know, people steal, stealing uh, company records. The, what's interesting about it is assume the protections are there. And, and honestly, despite the, the doomsayers on this um, and the privacy advocates, uh, I'm going to take a, a punch at this and say um, <clears throat> that it really is fairly well policed. And it's to the company's best interest to police it as much as they can. Now, the big change has been that consumers, specifically younger consumers, are becoming far more willing to share some of their information, provided there's a benefit. Example, uh, it used to be in the early days of websites up where you asked for an individual to fill out a form. Very low rates where people were filling out these forms. Today, it's dramatically different. People are much more willing to fill out the forms with their name, phone number, and email address. In return, they expect that you'll better service them, even if they're not your customer yet, but they'll expect that you can better service them. So the, the privacy, I mean, it's a grave issue when something happens, but the advocates need to also understand that there's a bit of a change happening out there and consumers, specifically the Gen Ys, millennials, are more willing to give information, their personal information over 
if there's a benefit for them. Now, let me let me move forward. We only have so much time here. Um, I let me skip ahead. Um, you mentioned something that you wanted to talk about, and I, I think it was a great topic here. The banking industry, it's on the verge of major changes. You brought up Chase in the past. Let's talk about how you see this evolution, if not revolution, in the banking industry because of the, the data that's going on, the protection issue, and what you do in that industry sector yourself. Okay. So... <clears throat> There, since the meltdown, 2008, 9, 10, and to 11, from 2011 forward, banks, well-run banks, have had fantastic years. They've had very strong revenue and profit growth, which is, has been great for them. At the same time, what has happened is you've had a dramatic amount of non-banks jumping into the banking business and taking what used to be deposits and loans away from the banks. Example again, Quicken Loans. In history, no company generated more mortgages than the top banks, Wells, Chase, B of A. It was unheard of that a company could generate more mortgages than them. In 2017, Quicken became the largest mortgage originator in the U.S. That used to be with the banks. This, it, it, and that's happening all the way out to Starbucks. People are There's billions of dollars out there now on prepaid credit cards, Starbucks credit cards, or debit cards that used to be with the banks. Now, so 2011 to 2018, fantastic ride for the banks. However, along the way, you've had these non-traditional non-banks enter the picture and are taking a significant amount of market share. Now, the interesting thing happening this point going forward is there's going to be $38 trillion coming down from the seniors and the millennials, excuse me, the seniors and the baby boomers that will be coming over to the Gen X's, millennials, Gen Y's. That's the good news. The difficult news for the banks is these non-traditional players have entered the picture. And in a 2017 and 2018, again, survey, when millennials were asked if Amazon and Google offered them a bank account or a loan, would they take it? Answer, 43% said yes. Sure. They don't care where the money comes from as so long as it implications. Yeah. Banks are going to have to be, are going to have to change the way they operate, change their product set. And my bet is that within three to five years, banks will look much more like a retailer having very different types of products and services rather than the traditional mortgage, auto loan, savings, and deposit accounts. Let me let me jump in there real to. quick and ask you the a question on this. We're 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 quickly running out of time. Um, 
do you see that happening not just from the consumer side demanding a variety or a different type of product and service, but also the private equity side who are creating these alternative lending sources that compete with the banks? Is there is it a combined effort or is there is it lopsided? One is pushing the, the, the cart further. Well, I, I think it's it's it is and will be much more predominant on the retail banking side. On the commercial banking side, you're also seeing non-traditional players uh, jump into the picture. So this third threat is certainly there on the commercial side of the bank as well, but more so on the consumer. All right. Last question real and, quick. And, and, Go ahead. You're going to say something? Peter? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I'm, I'm going to ask you last question here saturation point do you how far away it, it seems to me that it's a moot point here because I, I don't see that we could ever get to a saturation point on um on data coming in uh, that that seems to be i mean with the advent of the cloud years ago that seems to be that we're, we're, we're nowhere near the saturation point of data that comes in for our analysis am i am i correct on that or do you have a different take on that um you know what? I, I'm having I'm having a hard time hearing you uh, on your point about or question about saturation. Well, let's do this. Um, we're well over our time that that we've allotted for this interview. I want to invite you back on the show so we can drill down into some of these high high level topics that we brought on the show today. Okay. Great. Terrific. Great, Peter. Thanks for being a guest on today's Thank you. show. You're welcome. You've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Don't forget, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And Peter, stick around a little bit. I want to introduce you to a couple of buddies after the show, okay? Welcome. Okay. Okay.